You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. Happy Mother's Day to you to celebrate all of the moms and moms-to-be. I am teaming up with the authors of a book that I wish that I would have read during my pregnancy to really focus on enjoying that short, short season of my life. The Daily Soul Sessions for the Pregnant Mama is a collection of daily inspirations for each day of your pregnancy journey. It is so easy to get wrapped up on what is going to happen during your birth and once your little one arrives that we often forget to live in the moment, especially if being pregnant is not your favorite thing. This book has daily reminders to focus on all of the positive things and to really be present each day. The authors are three sisters, Casey, Kate, and Kara, and they have so graciously offered to give away three copies of this book to a few subscribers of the Pregnancy Podcast Newsletter. This episode is airing on Sunday, May 8th, 2016, and if you sign up with your email address by the end of the day on Saturday, May 14th, I will be emailing the winners next Sunday, May 15th, 2016. So if you are not already a subscriber on the list, you can join at PregnancyPodcast.com, and of course, if you already subscribe, you're automatically entered. We are really looking forward to giving away three copies of this book. And if you do want to check it out or connect with these three ladies on social media, I'll put links to all of that in the show notes at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 34. So I thought a giveaway would be a fun way to celebrate Mother's Day. Last week, we talked about infant formula and explained what your different options are for baby formula and how to understand that long list of ingredients on the label to decide what formula is the right fit for your baby. That wrapped up a string of episodes on breastfeeding and bottle feeding. This week, we are moving on and talking about midwives and OBGYNs. I know that these two titles are used all the time and sometimes interchangeably, but they are really two different things and there are pros to each of them and some situations in which one would be more appropriate than the other. This episode is going to break it all down for you so you know the difference between a midwife and an OBGYN and know which one is the right choice for the pregnancy and birth that you are planning for. Your care provider is the cornerstone of your prenatal care and your birth experience. This is your expert resource that you're going to be working with throughout your pregnancy to make some very important decisions, and you really need to be comfortable with and trust your care provider. That is probably more important than their qualifications, where they went to school, and how many babies they have helped deliver. You need to see them as an integral member of your team, and most importantly, you need to trust them and be comfortable with them. If you have a physician like a general practitioner or a family doctor that you like and you want to continue to see them for your prenatal care, you really want to make sure that they are knowledgeable about birth. It might not be their specialty, and if they don't deal with it often, they may not be the most qualified person to give you care. Generally speaking, your primary care provider during your pregnancy and afterwards is going to be a midwife or an OBGYN. So an OBGYN is a doctor, but more specifically, they're also an obstetrician and gynecologist. Obstetrics deals with pregnancy, childbirth, and the postpartum period, which of course is just the period after birth, and they focus on situations requiring surgical interventions. Gynecology is focused on the health of the reproductive system and breasts. Generally, you would go to a gynecologist for your annual exams. 
In the United States, the general path someone takes to become an OBGYN is to earn an undergraduate degree and then go on to graduate from medical school. So this is a total of seven to nine years of general medical training. After graduation from medical school, they would need to complete a residency at a hospital, which is going to focus on the OBGYN practice. And this residency typically lasts four to five years. The entire process takes about 11 to 14 years of education, training, and experience. There are also some subspecialties that an OBGYN can specialize in with additional training. And that's usually a three-year fellowship following that 11 to 14 years of everything else. An example of a specialization would be maternal fetal medicine or perinatology, and that's going to focus on medical and surgical management of really high-risk pregnancies. If something were to come up during your pregnancy that puts you or your baby at a particularly high risk, it's possible that you could be referred to a perinatologist or some other type of specialist. Midwives deal with pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum care, and overall care for women, but they don't practice any surgery. And there are also certified nurse midwives that are also registered nurses. In the United States, the general path that someone's going to take to become a midwife really depend on the certification. A certified nurse midwife needs a bachelor's degree in nursing, and then they go through a two to three year graduate level training in midwifery. Certified nurse midwives are licensed in all 50 states in the U.S., and another credential is a certified midwife, which doesn't have a nursing background, and certified midwives are only licensed in five states in the U.S. Lastly, you have certified professional midwives, so these don't have any college degree requirements, and instead they gain their training through clinical training under the supervision of a midwife. Keep in mind that midwives are the primary care providers for expecting mothers outside of the U.S. pretty much everywhere else in the world, and this was really the case in the United States up until about the beginning of the 1900s when we shifted more towards doctor-led care. Both midwives and OBGYNs have to apply for a license, they take an exam, and they're required to complete continuing education throughout their career. Both types of providers are highly regulated and go through a lot of education and experience before being licensed. While there are a lot of similarities and quite a bit of overlap, they are different and each has its own specialty. Midwives really specialize in normal, low-risk childbirth. Typically, this means that you don't have any complications. If you are in a high-risk pregnancy, chances are you're going to be seeing an OBGYN or some type of specialist. If you're planning a cesarean section, for whatever reason, you're going to be seeing an OBGYN. Midwives are not trained or licensed for surgery, and this, of course, includes C-sections. Midwives also cannot use forceps or a vacuum during delivery. Often, if you're under the care of a midwife and something comes up which is going to put you at high risk, your midwife is probably going to get an OBGYN involved with your care, or if it is more appropriate, they may just refer you to one and transfer your care to an OBGYN. Remember, most pregnancies are normal, low risk, and they require very little, if any, intervention at all. 
In 2014, certified nurse midwives and certified midwives attended about 8% of all hospital births. This number has been increasing as midwives are becoming more popular in the United States. The majority of births attended by a certified nurse midwife or a certified midwife were primarily in hospitals. Of all of the births attended by a midwife, about 3% were at birth centers and just under 3% were home births. If you want to see all the stats on this, I will link to it in the show notes. I mentioned that outside the U.S., midwives are much more common, and this is certainly true in Europe and most other countries where the majority of pregnant women are not seen by an OBGYN. The majority of midwives are women, and there are not a lot of men in the profession. In the U.S. and the U.K., less than 1% of midwives are men. There are certainly a lot more male OBGYNs, and they account for about 15%. There are a lot of women that would prefer to have their primary care provider also be female, but there are certainly some men out there that are highly qualified and really amazing at what they do. There are some studies comparing midwife-led to doctor-led maternity care that I think are worth mentioning. These reviews focused on low-risk women, so we talked about high-risk. There certainly are some cases where you should be seeing an OBGYN or a specialist, but the majority of women are low-risk and would do just very well with midwife-led care. In a review that I will link to in the show notes, Researchers found that women who had midwife-led continuity models of care, continuity of care is just seeing the same provider before, during, and after your birth. So women who had midwife-led care were overall less likely to experience interventions like an epidural, episiotomy, or an assisted delivery, and they were more likely to experience a spontaneous vaginal birth, meaning that no induction was used. I will link to this review in the show notes if you want to read more about the specifics. Choosing your care provider isn't as black and white as, well, if you're having a baby at home in a bathtub, you need a midwife, and if you're having your baby at a hospital, you have an OBGYN. There's a pretty strong argument that midwife-led care is more of a holistic approach and is more patient-focused. Stereotypically, this may be true, but there are some amazing OBGYNs out there. The only way to tell whether a particular person is the right fit for your pregnancy and birth is to ask questions and kind of shop around. The cost of having a baby is in the ballpark of ten dollars to $30,000 or more. Hopefully you have health insurance that's going to cover the majority of this cost, but having a baby is not cheap. That's the price of a car and maybe even a luxury car. If you were going to buy a car, you wouldn't just walk on the lot and point to one and say, okay, that's the one, I'll take it. Having a baby is a much bigger decision than buying a car, so shop around and do your research. Ultimately, your care provider is going to have a big impact on your experience and how your baby enters the world. Of course, it can be a challenge to know from one short meeting with an OBGYN or a midwife that they are the perfect fit for the pregnancy and birth experience that you want. So I have some tips for you when looking for and selecting a care provider or some considerations if you are thinking about changing your care provider. Step one is to think about where you want to have the birth of your baby. I really urge you to keep an open mind and go visit several places before making a decision. If you're open to it, check out your options to have a home birth or visit a birth center. It's really easy to have preconceived notions that can be totally wrong about what a particular hospital or birth center is going to be like. 
Statistics like C-section rate are great things to look at, but the atmosphere and how you are treated is also really important. If you're in a big city, chances are you have several options available to you. Most places will give you a tour and answer any questions that you're going to have. See what's out there before making a choice. Remember, a key part of this process is making informed decisions. If you are planning a home birth, you're going to be working with a midwife, and the majority of birth centers are also staffed by midwives. And if you're planning a hospital birth, you may have a choice between a midwife and an OBGYN. Make sure you know who will actually be attending the birth of your baby. I hear so many stories from moms who go through their whole prenatal care dealing with one person, and then all of a sudden they're in labor and the baby's coming and a completely different doctor shows up. If you want a particular person at your birth, like your midwife and not just the midwife who happens to be on call when you go into labor, make sure that you make that clear up front and find out if that's an option. Do not assume that your OBGYN or your midwife is going to be the one attending your birth and make sure to talk about it with them. If you are having your birth at a venue where the care provider who will be attending is whoever is on call, find out if you can meet some of the other care providers beforehand so that the first time that you're face to face with someone isn't when you are in labor. The next step is to find out what your health insurance will and will not cover. You don't want to be planning everything with one care provider only to find out that they're not covered by your insurance. Obviously, your financial situation is going to play some part in where you decide to go for your prenatal care, but make sure that you understand how your insurance works. I really wish that we did not have to base these decisions on finances, but the truth is that it will likely play a part in your care provider decision. Make sure that you have a very clear understanding on what will and will not be covered and what expenses you will have to pay for out of pocket. Often your prenatal care is billed separately from your labor and delivery, and these may be covered at different rates. The best way to confirm that the care provider you want to work with is covered and to know exactly what you will need to pay out of pocket is to get on the phone with your insurance company. Huge pain to do, I know, but just block out some time, be prepared to be on hold for a while and hash everything out over the phone. All said and done, this is going to be much easier than trying to figure it out online. Your visits with a midwife or an OBGYN are going to be pretty much the same frequency. For the first two trimesters, this is up until week 28, your visits are going to be monthly. And then beginning in week 29, which is the start of the third trimester, you're going to go every other week until week 36. And at that point, you're going to be seeing your care provider on a weekly basis. I really urge you to include your birth partner in these visits. You can expect to have somewhere around 14 appointments throughout your entire pregnancy. So on 14 days, you're going to see a doctor or midwife. That's it. A big part of each of these visits is that it's an opportunity for you to ask questions. Ask any question you need to know to make sure that you are comfortable with your OBGYN or your midwife. Do not be shy. And this goes for your partner too. Your partner should be able to ask any question they wish. It is really important that you have a relationship with your OBGYN or your midwife where communication is open. The right care provider is going to encourage you to ask questions. Bottom line, do not be intimidated. And if you have a question, ask it and speak up. The last tip in selecting your care provider, whether it be a midwife or an OBGYN, is that you are never stuck. If you're currently seeing a midwife or an OBGYN that you do not like, 
leave. I wouldn't recommend that you remain in any relationship that you are unhappy in, and certainly not with the person that you need to work with to make some major decisions about your prenatal care and how your baby is going to make his or her way into the world. If you are unhappy with your current doctor or midwife, find a new one. There are so many options out there to choose from. You are never stuck. If you are late in your pregnancy, call around. Of course, most care providers prefer to start seeing patients as early in their pregnancy as possible, but just because you're in your third trimester does not mean that you cannot switch your care to another provider. There are some specific questions that you can ask an OBGYN or a midwife when you are finding the right care provider. I'm going to run through a list, but don't worry, you don't need to write all of this down. I'll include these in the show notes if you want to refer back to them just to run through these questions. How long have you been in practice? There's going to be a difference between somebody that's been practicing for a year and somebody that's been practicing for 10 years. How many births have you attended? Again, you're just looking to see how much experience they have. How many patients do you have at a given time? Some midwives and OBGYNs just stick with a small group where others pile on as many patients as they can. Is your practice a solo or a group practice? And if it's a solo practice, who's going to cover for them when they are not available? Will you attend my birth? And if you're not going to attend it, who will attend? We mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the doctor or midwife that shows up to your actual labor might be the one on call. So you're going to want to hash this out and find out who's actually going to be attending your birth. Will you be present throughout my labor? It would be nice to know whether your OBGYN or midwife is going to actually be there throughout your entire labor or whether they're just going to show up towards the end when the baby is actually coming. What is your general philosophy on pregnancy care, labor, and birth? Ideally, you're going to find a care provider whose general philosophy is pretty much in line with yours. How much time is available during each prenatal visit? If a care provider is packing in appointments all day long and you have 10 minutes in each appointment, you might feel rushed. So you're going to want to know how much time is available during each of those visits. Are you available to answer questions in between visits? Can you call them or email them or do they prefer that you just hang on to all your questions and ask them the next time that you're in the office? Will you assist me develop a birth plan or will you review one that I have written? I had a listener reach out to me whose care provider would not even take a look at their birth plan. So this was a red flag for them because they obviously had put a lot of thought and energy into putting all their birth wishes down in one place and they're pretty frustrated that their care provider wouldn't even take a look at it or consider it. If you are planning on writing a birth plan and there are some important things to you, it'd be good to know that your care provider is on board with that. Some questions if you are looking to avoid certain interventions would be, what procedures are routine? What percentage of your patients utilize pain medication during labor? What percentage of your patients has an episiotomy? What's your C-section rate? We are going to have some episodes coming up in the next month or two more geared towards natural labor, if that's something that you're interested in. But if there are procedures or interventions that you are trying to avoid, ask them how often they're using those. If you are interviewing a midwife, you might also want to ask a couple questions. Did you graduate from a nationally accredited midwifery education program? Are you certified by the American College of Nurse Midwives? And do you have an OBGYN that you work with in the event that one is needed? Or is there an OBGYN that you refer patients to when necessary? 
Again, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask whether that is you interviewing a potential care provider or if you are well into your prenatal care with an OBGYN or a midwife. And these questions are just a list of some things that you might want to consider when you are shopping around and talking to some different care providers. Don't feel like you just have to look at a list, pick one, and then you're stuck with that care provider for your entire prenatal care and birth. If you are unhappy with your care provider, definitely take a look and see what else is out there. Deciding on the venue of where you want to give birth, whether that's at home, at a birth center, or a hospital, is probably going to have the biggest impact on the type of care provider that you're going to be working with, whether that's going to be a doctor or a midwife. But even if you're doing a hospital birth, don't just assume that you need to go with an OBGYN. You may still have the opportunity to work with a midwife or even work with an office that deals with both an OBGYN and a midwife. To recap everything that we talked about in today's episode, we went over what an OBGYN and a midwife are and how they differ, and considerations to take into account when deciding whether to go with a midwife or an OBGYN. We also went through some great questions to ask and some tips when selecting the right care provider for the birth experience that you want and that you're planning for. I want to thank you for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. Next week, we are talking about electronic fetal monitoring. We are going to talk about what this is and how it can have a major impact on the birth experience you want and what your options are. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com if there is anything that I can help with or any questions you have. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 34. And don't forget to sign up for the Pregnancy Podcast newsletter. You can just do that on the website and you will be entered to win one of three copies of the Daily Soul Sessions, which is an awesome book that I think everybody who's pregnant should read. It's got some really great inspirations to just keep you focused on all the positive and amazing things happening and to really be present during each day of your pregnancy. I know that it might seem like eternity right now, but it really is such a short time in your life. This book is a great reminder to enjoy that. Be sure to check out the 40 Weeks podcast to find out how your baby is developing this week, what the heck is going on with your pregnant body, plus get a tip for dad. And all of this is under five minutes. You can find 40 Weeks everywhere that you listen to the Pregnancy Podcast or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash week.